This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rosie Report, Spring Training Edition. It's all you need to know about the Tribe in Goodyear. Daily updates, player interviews, along with other spring training hijinks and tomfoolery. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus. This is the Rosebud Report, blossoming from spring training. Welcome back to the Rosie Report, spring training edition. This is episode 18 after our first break of the spring. Indians had an off day on Tuesday, and uh, we did not put out a a podcast on Monday. So a two-day break from the Rosie Report, but we're back at it with a, a really newsy type of uh, podcast today as uh, the Indians on Wednesday were unable to play. They were supposed to play the Kansas City Royals, but I'll tell you what, we we have never seen this in the time that the Indians have trained in Arizona as much rain as we have seen this spring. It rained out and canceled the opening game back in late February. Today's game postponed, and the weather does not look good for the next two days of this week on into Friday. So we'll see if the Indians are able to play on Thursday and Friday or not. But a busy day at the complex on Wednesday, and uh, it was the first day of the new regulations uh, regarding the coronavirus and trying to keep everybody safe and and not spread anything, if that potential is there, certainly. So uh, the Indians' PR department, Bart Swain, Corkberry Tripp, Austin Controllis all did great work and in making players available at a distance to, to talk to, and also Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti. And we'll hear from Chris in just a bit, but one of the keys to Wednesday's activities, the Indians making a bunch more roster moves as they reassign 13 players to minor league camp on Wednesday morning. Pitchers are Jenis Angulo, Kyle Dowdy, Jared Robinson, Dalbert Siri, and Jordan Stevens. Several of them uh, received nice looks during the camp and were impressive. I think especially Robinson and Dowdy's stuff was especially good. So certainly some names to keep an eye on in the near future, but no surprises there whatsoever. And no surprises on the position player front as trimmed was catcher Gavin Collins and then uh, infielders Ernie Clement, Nolan Jones, Tyler Krieger, and also Wilson Garcia. And then outfielders Mitch Longo, Connor Maribel, and Kai Tom and all of those players at one point in time or another really were impressive during the spring and and some heavy action early in the spring but now as uh, Terry Francona had mentioned on Wednesday morning just not enough at bats to go around for them or innings on the pitching side to go around to keep them sharp they need to get ready for their minor league seasons and continuing to progress in their careers and the best way to do that is get them over to minor league camp and start getting regular playing time. Now, we mentioned Chris Antonetti, the Indians president of baseball operations, spoke with the assembled media in Goodyear on Wednesday morning, a variety of topics, and as you would expect, leading things off in the topic category 
the status of negotiations with Francisco Lindor on a potential contract extension and Lindor's comments earlier in the week that those negotiations are tabled until after the season. Say about the Frankie situation, Chris. <coughs> um, yeah, first and foremost, I'm really appreciative of the effort Francisco and his representatives and our ownership put into the process of trying to find alignment. Um, we spent quite a bit of time together over the course of the last few months to try to find a way if we can make, to, to see if we can make something work. And that was a sincere and earnest effort <clears throat> by, by both Francisco and his representative David Meter as well as our ownership. And I think we had a series of great exchanges and um, tried different creative concepts to make things work, but ultimately weren't able to align at this point. So I think we talked with Francisco and David about just focusing on the season at this point and then you know, revisiting things down the road. Do you feel like the talks that you guys had gives you a base to go back to at some point in time to possibly? I think the dialogue was really helpful. I think we shared from the beginning that we have a sincere interest in trying to find a way to extend Francisco's time in Cleveland. He was really consistent in his interest in trying to make that happen as well. Ultimately, we couldn't get to the finish line. We couldn't overlap on value, but it wasn't because of lack of effort. And we are greatly appreciative of the time and energy they spent um, trying to find that common ground. And I know I'm sincerely appreciative of the effort and time and resources that our ownership was willing to extend to make that happen as well. Are you concerned in any way how this will impact how he'll play this year? I have no concerns at all. Okay, why not? Because some people do get Yeah, the way Francisco's handled the entire process um, and his entire time as an Indian gives me all the confidence in the world that he'll be able to focus on what's in front of him and what's on the field. And that's just who he is. He's always been consistent in those behaviors in the past. He talked about that throughout this process, that it was most important for him to try to help lead the team in a way that would help us win a World Series. And he didn't want this to be a distraction from, from that. And that was one of the reasons why we talked about kind of an early March timetable and thought that might make sense was to allow that to happen. Uh, I don't think so. I think our fans are enthusiastic and excited about the upcoming season. Um, Francisco is obviously still a big part of our team, um, and so I wouldn't think that would be a consideration. There's obviously a lot of other things that are going on right now that could play into that. Speaking of those other things, um, uh, Governor Ohio said a statement yesterday about uh, large gatherings. Just curious if you have any reaction to that, if there's any thoughts on where you guys might end up playing opening day and under what kind of circumstances? That's a very fluid situation. We've been in close contact with um, the governor and his staff, as well as um, leaders at Major League Baseball and others without, within the community to try to understand what's currently going on and what, how we may need to, to plan accordingly. But uh, it's very fluid and dynamic, and obviously it's something we're monitoring very closely. Is there any, any discussion with Detroit about either playing there or would it be possible? There's been some talk of the Mariners maybe playing spring training game or at their spring training complex because they're playing a team that's mm -hmm. in Phoenix. Would Detroit maybe fly to Phoenix or something like that? Are all those options on the table right now? We're right now. That's too far ahead for where we are at the moment. Um, we'll con we're literally having 
conference calls each day to try to get updated information uh, and try to plan accordingly. But right now, those things are not not in the works. Will you try to have, like, do you have a deadline in mind for when you want to try to have a decision made about where and under what circumstances you'll play that game on March 26th? Again, it's really difficult to predict given how quickly things are changing, not only in our community, but throughout the nation and throughout the world. So um, what we want to make sure we're doing is getting the best resources and the best experts to help us make the best decision and plan the best course of action. How are you sort of messaging that to the team or people below you? Are they getting concerned? Are you getting, are you having conversations with either sort of personnel or players about what may happen? We're, those conversations are ongoing. Again, we're trying to be really transparent as we get information, sharing that information across the organization. I expect we'll update the group even later today, and I imagine that's going to be a process that will happen regularly over the course of the next few weeks until we have clarity. Club or Bolter? Yeah. Is there another one today, or what's kind of the next steps? Yeah, he's progressed really well through a bullpen the other day in typical club fashion with his normal intensity. Uh, it's always a challenge that we have with Cleb when anytime he goes through a rehab process is not doing something at 110%, but he feels great and is in a really good spot. So he'll throw another pen and then we'll build him up from there. I know you said with guys like Carrasco and Savali before, as long as there's no hiccups along mm -hmm. the way that they should be good. Is this something with Carrasco that's a big enough hiccup that would be worrisome for that first week of the season? It could be, yeah, with Carlos. With Aaron, he's in a really good spot. With Carlos, um, we did get good news on the MRI, um, but there is some inflammation in there, so we just need to try to slow that down a little bit and give him just some time to be symptom-free and then ramp up his throwing from there. Given the amount of time we have before opening day, it could be a stretch for him to be ready on time. The payroll's taking a significant cut from where it was last year at this time. Frankie threw out 120 million. Can you explain in layman? I know it's very complicated, mm -hmm. but in layman's terms, why is that not feasible for this market to have a payroll in the 120, 125 million range every year? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where Francisco got that number. Um, it certainly wasn't something that we shared, but um, obviously he's entitled to think about things the way he chooses to think about them. But I think fundamentally, it's the economic system in baseball that has a big impact on what we're able to do. Um, some of it's a function of our market and our market size and how Cleveland compares to other cities. And some of it's a function of just the way revenues are shared and the other under, underlying economic considerations within the Major League Baseball system. Those are the two driving factors. In the NFL, for instance, it's super, it's easy. The Green Bay Packers and New York Giants have comparable resources because they share all of their revenues. Their revenues are shared. There's not a huge disparity between the top revenue team and the bottom revenue team. There's a salary cap. So the spending on players is compressed. So all teams have comparable access to talent. In baseball, that's not how it exists. There's a huge gap in revenues between teams. Um, not That revenue isn't shared in a similar way, so that leads to a big gap in payrolls. And Cleveland's one of the smallest markets, and that has an impact on our ability to generate revenue. Is, is where it's at now, I don't know, 90, 91, 92, is that the new normal? For going forward, is that what you perceive the payroll to be for this team going forward? That's I'm not quite sure. Um, I think we have invested in our ownership has invested an incredible amount in our team um, over the course of the last few seasons. We've done that in both players that we've traded away to try to win a World Series and um, 
in dollars. And when you look at where our payroll was, our payroll was much higher than where than our market size, than our attendance. And at some point, you have to bring those closer together because it's not financially feasible to maintain big differences between what your revenues are and what your expenses are, just like any other business. And so we had to bring those more in line. And that's what we've done. Is there is there any flexibility now between now and the trade deadline if you're in it in July? Will you have resources to increase the payroll or do you think that this is... I have... I mean, based upon how we've operated in the past and my expectations moving forward, I think if there's an opportunity for us to improve the team, we'll have the resources to be able to do that. <clears throat> That's never been an uh, inhibitor for us in the past, and I think if you look at our track record over the last few seasons, um, when we've been in contention, we've sought to try to improve our team, and that's my expectation again this year. You spelled out that you guys obviously made a really strong effort to get somewhere with Francisco and that Francisco came, and you thought made a really honest effort to try to meet you somewhere in the middle. Given just the structure of the baseball financial system, do you think it's just maybe impossible for a team in your market size to hold on to a player of Francisco's quality throughout his career? It's really hard. I think that's the fundamental challenge that we have. Um, as I shared earlier, you know, any team can afford one player individually. The question is, can you afford an individual player and still build a championship team around them? And that's ultimately the problem we're trying to solve. And it's really difficult in baseball's economic system for teams in smaller markets to be able to do that and retain players of Francisco's caliber. Doesn't mean we're gonna give up trying. Francisco's not gonna give up trying, we're not gonna give up trying, but it's really hard to make that math work. And when there's been, you know, there's been other moves you've made to clear some space off the, the books, was it made with this potential extension in mind, and does this, any money that might have gone into that extension maybe go somewhere else now that you couldn't figure that out? Um, not as much. I think when you're looking at a contract of the magnitude we would be contemplated with Francisco, that's a really long time mm -hmm. and a lot of dollars. So it's beyond just any short-term economic considerations. We really have to look at the course of the term of the deal, mm -hmm. however many years that might be, and think about how would we build, build teams around him for that period of time. So any individual transactions today that were plus or minus um, a few dollars doesn't, wouldn't impact those considerations. I just used something similar to this after the season in the fall, but when you have a talent like that and he's one of the best in the game and you know he gives you a chance to, to win and compete versus time's running out, I don't know, it's not looking like we're going to get something done, can we really lose him for nothing? How do you balance that in your head and what ultimately weighs into we're going to keep him and go for it, we have to get what we can for him now? Yeah, a lot of things go into those considerations um, or those decisions. I think we've talked about this before, there have been times when We've kept players until the their end of their contract, and they've left as you know free agents, and we've either gotten draft pick compensation back for them or not. There have been times that you know we've traded those players, and there have been times that we've extended those players. Uh, I think all of those options will be on the table. As I've said from the beginning, our clear preference would be to have Francisco here for a far longer term and keep him in Indian for a really long time. If that's not possible, we have to then look at what those other alternatives are. And one of the primary things that will matter is what's the competitive position on our team. And the years in which we've been competitive, we've tried to do what we could to get to the postseason and advance in the postseason. And that will continue to guide our decision-making moving forward. How much of his consideration in these conversations is the team's ability to invest around him? Like not really talk about how yeah. it's going to be a long-term financial investment. It's not just a couple of years. And so, sort of, how do you balance like wanting to give him all the money he's worth to make right. him stay versus being honest about what will that 
what will that lead you to build around him in the future? Yeah, we've been very transparent with Francisco about that, and that's and and he has as well, because he wants to be on he wants to be in Cleveland, but he wants to be in Cleveland on winning teams, and he understands that it takes more than one player to win baseball games, and so we're in constant dialogue with him, and he's very well aware of how we have to put the pieces together around him to build a championship team. And that's again, goes back to the fundamental challenge that we have is not just how do we keep him here, but how do we keep him here on championship teams? The Marlins signed Stan a huge deal and then trade him Cano to the Mariners, and then they trade him Arenado may or may not last in Colorado. Can, can you not operate that way or can you look at it and say we could sign him to this deal knowing, hey, he's not gonna be here for the duration, but we might get an extra year or two out of him? I, I guess that's a potential way to look at it. Um, I think any time you're entering into a contract of that magnitude with a, with a player, you should have the expectation that he's going to be here for a while. Obviously, circumstances change, and you cited a couple examples in which teams traded players relatively shortly after they signed him. Um, but I don't think you enter into the contract with that as the expectation. But I think those cases that you mention highlights some of the perils of smaller market teams committing really high resources to one player and then them shortly re realizing shortly thereafter that that may not work for them. Some good stuff there from Chris Antonetti in his meeting with the Cleveland media on Wednesday morning. So that's it. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report Spring Training Edition. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much for taking the time to download episode number 18 and we hope to have another one for you tomorrow as we continue on in spring training. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much. This has been the Rosie Report. 